Hi guys, I'm Matt Goss and you are listening to You Are Why. Hello guys, welcome back to our interview series here at University Radio York. My name is Ollie Hilton and I'm joined today by the wonderfully talented Matt Goss. Matt, how are you today? It's good to be here, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. Um, so I'm going to be asking Matt a few questions, a lot kind of over various topics, including the I mean, I've noticed from doing a bit of research, you've got a lot on your plate at the minute, Matt, so we've got a lot to cover today. Um, so stuff like um, the single Better With You, which I've listened to and really enjoy, excellent, excellent song. Um, the album coming out on Friday, which is called The Beautiful Unknown, and the music video, which released yesterday, to my surprise, as I was doing my preparation, it just dropped kind of as I was doing it. So I think I must have been view number one of that. Um, so yeah, loads of things, some signing events going on, um, live performances, all details on Matt's website, which is mattgoss.co.uk. So just check that out for the details. So let's get into it. Um, a few kind of more personal questions to start us off with. Matt, where are you in the world today? Um, I just actually got back from Africa. I did a show in the Serengeti. It was uh, one of the most magical shows in my life. I just did. Um, I often say Wembley Stadium was the best gig, but I've got to tell you, just to be able to play on the expanse of the Serengeti under the stars on the last song, I asked the whole audience just to lay down on their backs and look at the stars, and, and we did it like a nine-minute version of Blackbird. It was just really beautiful, and then. I've just come back uh, to the sunny London, so uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be back in my hometown, you know. So and getting ready to really, really smash it with the album. Yeah, sounds great. I'm I'm not going to let you brush over that concert in the Serengeti. That's in, that's kind of movie movie stuff, isn't it? So what what was that like performing there? Talk about that. It was amazing. We did some safari as well, and just it was an, it was an incredible experience. Actually, it was like the our incredible um, guide and ranger called Jeremiah he he's a seasoned seasoned you know tracker and, and uh, he said throughout his whole years he's only seen one baby buffalo being brought down by two lions and we actually witnessed with our own eyes as no more than 10 feet away from us a 17 lion kill uh, a full-grown buffalo and it was one of the most powerful uh in in in, in an it was so emotional in all the gamut of emotions. It was, you realized that these lions needed food, but you also saw the taking of a life over 20 minutes. And then, you know, life being given to the, this, this, this pride of lions. It's just like, you know, pretty incredible thing to watch and probably life-changing on, on so many levels. Made you feel very, very um, insignificant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that's so. I mean, I, I personally, I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners will never have even experienced something nearly like that. So it's really interesting to hear that. Is that your first time going to Africa, or I, I was? We did very, very well in Africa, um, but uh, to, to the Serengeti is yeah, it's the first time I've I've played there and and had that you know performed in a place where there is zero light pollution, and it was just incredible to have fire. The only source of light was fire. And it was trance-like. It was meditative. It was, it was just like I just got everyone just to lay down and just look at the stars, not look at us. And just we, we my drama came off no no drums. Just played a cajon and just acoustic guitars and just it was just very organic. 
And um, we all kind of felt a sense of loss when we came back. It was like we realized that we stop at a red traffic light and we go when it's green and we get ready when it's yellow. And it's just so, so moronic compared to like the wilderness of like, you know, an animal, you know, 17 lions bringing down a buffalo because they need to eat. It was just, it put many things in perspective and, and also messed with your head in the best way, I guess. Would you would you think about going back then? It sounds like you you you'd oh, love to go back. I think that I think you you actually see why you you, you know I, I crave it. I mean, yeah, the answer is yes, but to see you know to see the way you know it is literally the pecking order of life. You know, like the way there's a kill and and then there's a carcass and then there's hyenas, then there's the vultures, and then there's it's it all it's symbiotic kind of everything functions like a machine it's just it's incredible to see the way nature truly 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 works in front of your your eyes it's just it's 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 life-changing yeah it's that sounds incredible i wonder if there'll be any footage of the yeah. concert anywhere um for people to have a look at no no they no, won't no, i wouldn't think i would no. i was thinking there wouldn't there probably wouldn't be that's a I've got, no. Next time you're there i will fly out to africa and go to this gig. <laughs> okay it sounds All incredible right. <laughs> So you have been living in the US um, for a, a long time. Um, and you, I'm, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you've recently moved back to the UK, right? Um, no, um, by coastal. I live in between LA, Vegas and, and London. I'm enjoying London and the UK. There is a, there is a real uh, genuine relationship I have with the British public. I don't feel like I have to explain myself. Or, I mean, I'm definitely, my life is easier in some ways as a musician in America because I'm simply a singer, songwriter, entertainer in America. You know, I played for Joe Biden, um, Muhammad Ali, you know, very, very, you know, grandiose in many ways, but um, <clears throat> which is nice to be just received as a musician, as a singer, songwriter in, in Britain. On the, the the cons are the fact that sometimes my past gets in the way because um, I was a teen idol. But um, the cons, that the pros way way outweigh the cons because I just I am received as a member of family in this country, and after losing so much in my life and so many people I love in my life, I, there is a relationship between me and the British public which gives gives me great comfort. I think there's because you were so iconic in Britain. Um, that's kind of where you ended up rising to fame. I'd say. Um, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think there's definitely that familial relationship. Um, so I thought it was. I think it's really it's refreshing having you back in Britain, Matt. So it's it's nice uh, to have you back. Thank you, mate. Yeah, um, to hear, mate. Yeah, it's really good. So from from talking about the UK, if you could do anything anywhere in the UK right now, what would it be? Uh, I'd like to be prime minister right now. Yeah, <laughs> I really would. Why I'd like that? to have some frank conversation. I'd like to have some frank conversations and and address when society needs to be heard and and you know your generation and certainly the ones behind you coming up. Just you know thinking about great things about climate and and about how this planet. Even going back to what I was saying about Africa, and and also being more encouraging and lifting people up and trying to get rid of the jealous culture and encouraging people to enjoy being happy and not having guilt about happiness. And I truly believe you should, one man should never own the world. It belongs to you and me, you know, and the fact that we have this, this terrifying situation where 
one human being is is not allowing the planet, let alone the the, the human race, to just to rest, just to find ourselves and reconnect to to life. I think it's shameful, and then I just like to have some frank conversations, really, to be honest with you. And yeah, I definitely have a have a desire for the proletarians and and the common man to be heard. You know, I think it's shameful that we we just want to live, we just want to make this world a better place, and just and we're continuously hindered by the ignorance of moronic thinking you know that does not lift us up as a race it just it really really infuriates me yeah would you would you consider politics in the future you sound you know you're very you have strong views and it's interesting to hear you talk about it um i i i I am extremely interested in politics i i think there needs to be a, a deeper connection with the public the de- and, and understand the temperature of, of the public, understand the, the mechanics of biology that goes into social um, um, anxiety. And uh, this is the first time in my lifetime and your lifetime we've been through a pandemic. You know, yes, my grandfather was a gunner in the Second World War and I have deep, deep admiration, probably the deepest admiration for that generation above all, above all. But we must not forget that this is a psychological war that we've all been through and we all try and find our best way and we all kind of feel a bit ashamed of admitting that we're having you know, problems from time to time and how we get back to normal life, whatever normal life is. And it would be nice to think that leaders would aid that process rather than create even more fear. Yeah, I think... I, I don't know what to say. You, you, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting view to have. Would you ever consider, you know, putting these views that you have, the, which clearly, you know, a big part of your thinking a lot of the time? Would you ever consider putting these views into your music? Um, well, I think I, I think I put there's an in, internal philosophy that comes out in all my music. I mean, well, I said to the last journalist, I said to the, the interview before, great interview. Um, he says, "Have you always been this?" You know. Uh, spiritual etc and, and I said well a lot of the questions have never been asked you know if you get asked a question like the questions you ask me then I'm allowed then I'm able to answer those questions um, so yeah I, I the beautiful unknown is about a fear-based culture you know it's about trusting that the unknown is not a thing to be fearful of you know if we if I encourage you that tomorrow is going to be a better place and you do the same to me um, we'll feel better about it and we might actually have a better day. And if you can imagine that on a mass level globally, how powerful that could be. Yeah. Uh, and we, as I said before, goes, I've said many times, the, uh, simple things that just, I know that like common courtesy is the obvious one. Good morning, please. Thank you. And good night. But why not go and knock on your neighbor's door and say, Hey, I love your new car. Just wanted you to know, you know, get rid of the jealous culture and just, you know, just, just, you know, I'm not trying to be kumbaya here because I'm, I'm one of the boys and I'm, you know, you know, I'm a scrapper. But at the end of the day, I also believe in kindness and civility. It's a very, very important part of my sensibility. I read about um, your album, about The Beautiful Unknown, about, I was going to ask you what it was about, but I think you must have answered that question before. And I think, you know, you just talked about it. It's about, you know, not fearing what's, what's to come in the future. So if... Somebody, I mean, so many people, especially people of my generation, I'd say, but everyone probably has this instilled fear of what's to come. 
if someone is experiencing the, those feelings, how would you, you know, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? I think first of all, first and foremost, is to sit with that, that, that feeling. It's valid. That's the most important thing. It's valid because um, we, there are things going out there, out there in the big wild world that we don't have any control on. But let's not forget the power of the people, you know, that we, we can be heard. Um, I don't think fear is an ageist thing. I don't think you fear more whether you're older or whether you're younger. I think we have to start realising that when you walk into a restaurant or when you walk in, walk through the park or even just driving, um, when you're... 50 or when you're 70 or when you're or, or whether you're 17 you will always feel if you live in a place of wonderment i do you will feel exactly the same as you did when you how old are you i'm 19 okay so you're 19 i guarantee you will feel 19 when you're 40 i guarantee it right but society would try and tell you that you can't now there's a difference between childish and childlike you know, I'm childlike. I live in a place of wonderment. I still believe in everything. Everything is enough for me. I want to. I want the world to be a better place. I want to trust your generation that you're going to make our future even better, even when I'm gone. Can't be selfish and be like, oh, it's all about me now. I'm excited about what your generation is doing. We have to be more inclusive, less ageist, and that will take the fear away because there are people that you can talk to that are slightly older than you and say, what do you, what do you think I should do? Don't go at somebody. Some, I went to a company once. It was quite offensive to me because, and they said, yeah, everybody here is a millennial. I said, are you trying to impress me or insult me? Because what happens to the person that's 60 years old that knows way more than anyone in that building and they can answer a phone and represent that company brilliantly? Or the younger person that has this really, really active mind that has rational thinking, you know, it's, um, that is a radical thinking that can actually enhance a company is all relevant. So I think we have to try and soften the divides and actually become and enjoy each other more. I enjoy it. I went to a party in New York and every celebrity you could possibly imagine was there. And I ended up speaking to a woman. She was 88 years old and she was a florist, but she also told me some, tell me something about that I need to know. And she said to me, you know, I was really beautiful when I was young. And I said, I'm sure you were. She was a beautiful woman. She was, and she goes, you know what? But I used to draw the pencil up the back of my leg because we couldn't afford stockings. And I was so worried about my appearance. And all my friends had more fun than me. And it just don't, she said, I would just say, you know, be, be conscious of, and have self-pride, but have fun at the same time. And my point of that story is that I learned so much. I didn't spend my time. So, oh, my God, I was hanging out with this A-lister and this A-lister. I, sp I spoke to a florist most of the night. And I learned way more. And I took way more from that night. And I just hope that people can, both young and old, both ways, we, can, we just need to be a little bit more immersive within, within each other. And rather than this separatism that we have, and this compartmentalization of age and culture. And because I know, you know, I know, you know, who Led, Led Zeppelin is. I know, you know, who the Beatles are. I know, you know, who Blondie is. And um, because they influenced all the artists that you also love right now. I'm obviously talking about a musician, but what would we, what would we do if we just kind of stopped being influenced and, and compartmentalized but, and I think I would just like the merging of 
of knowledge and and civility really so your new track better with you um talk to me a bit about that what's the background behind that track well there's there's been there's been many songs on the album that are incredibly deep and dive into the loss of my mother the murder of my sister uh toxicity in relationships and so and even the rebirth of relationships soldiers of war is about the dichotomy of the defending of love or you become soldiers of war i mean it's a fine line love and hate but bear with you is is my attempt to dig into everything i had when i wrote or was part of those big 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 hit songs that we had and i wanted that same feeling and when i wrote better with you i had exactly the same feelings when i was part of i do nothing and when will i be famous and and just those big iconic pop songs i had exactly the same feeling and I just wanted to write a song and certainly direct a video that, I mean, listen, that video is hate proof. If you like skateboarding and BMXing and dancing and music videos and amazing, just rock and roll, it's, it's a great, it's a great video. Please, uh, please, please spread the word on the video. Yes, and I wanted to create something that was like kind of hate proof and just lifted people's spirits. I want you to turn up better with you as loud as you can live. I would tell you we're rehearsing it right now and it sounds like a pop punk record. It sounds it sounds great and it sounds as contemporary as anything sounds, if not more contemporary. Yeah, I'm proud as hell of it. It's a brilliant it's a brilliant track. So that that music video is live on YouTube. I think is the best way to have a look at it um, on Matt Goss's YouTube channel. The track is called Better with You, and it's out on all platforms, isn't it? Yes. And on on that um, topic as well. So this can be a Bros song or it can be a um, a song which um, you've written as a solo artist. What's the favorite song that you've ever created? I mean, Better With You is, is right up there as a pop song, like as a feel-good, roof-down, sun-out, you know, arm around your partner, just blasting it. Um, but I think on this album, I would say my favourite song is The Beautiful Unknown. Uh, the story, the story is gorgeous. Uh, the metre and the cadence of the melody somehow naturally makes sense. But there's a song that I wrote, there's three songs. Mustang is a song that ended up, being a lot of people's favorite song i recorded it on nat king cole's piano in capitol studios in hollywood produced by ron fair legendary ron fair uh the other song uh, i wrote with stuart roslin called firefly that was a number one record the remix from all oak and fold is cool but the lyric on that is one of the darkest lyrics i've ever written but it's it's it became a real kind of house anthem uh, dance anthem but I, I also love the album version and then the I guess the last song would be Formality it's a ballad but it, it's about how that that really really uh, frightening thing called formality creeps into the end of love you know when you start breaking up with somebody and that formality starts to creep in I don't think it's break I've never found the breaking up is the more scary thing I've always found the formality someone you knew everything about you know, what they love for their favorite food, what their favorite wine, their, what they love to talk about, what they didn't love to talk about, their buttons to push. And then you go from that place into that formality where you could barely even say hello and it dissipates and erodes into nothing. The formality is the, is the thing that interests me about the, the erosion of love. So I guess those three songs. Yeah, so I, that's, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of your tracks do have that. You know that, those meanings behind it. And I think these days, a lot, a lot of time in music, anyway. I think a lot of people listen to tracks at face value, and I think especially 
with yourself as an artist and lots of other artists out there as well, it's important to not take tracks at face value as much as people do these days. Um, so if you are listening to those tracks that Matt has just described, make sure that you do think about the things that he said about them. I, and I think we've run out of time. It's gone um, so quickly. Matt's had so much to say, which has been so interesting. Um, so Matt has lots of things going on at the minute. So you are going across the UK next week, is it? Um, on a little signing tour, a um, few live shows as well, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing HMV. I'm doing HMV tour of signing the album. I think it's important to get boots on the ground and, and engage with the fans and just let them know that I'm, um, we're all the same and I just want to, I want to see the, the whites of their eyes. And also I'm playing a couple of shows around, yeah. around them as well. Um, after that, I've just signed on to a movie to play a lead role in a, a psychological thriller. So I'll be playing a real bad guy. And then also just been told today that we are about to put on hopefully a couple of big shows um, to try and do a, a concert called the beautiful unknown um, and start getting out there. I have a fully functioning band ready. And we just want to get out there and play live. So really just, it's about, it's about smashing it again for me. Brilliant. Yeah. So loads going on. Um, info on uh, mattgoss.co.uk. I think most of that. Brilliant. So thank you so much, Matt, for joining me on URY today. You've been fascinating. And yeah, I'll talk to you again soon. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah just, uh, just anyone listening, just follow me on Instagram. It's Matt Goss or Twitter, whatever, whatever you do. Um, it's, it's across all the platforms. It's just Matt Goss. Um, I send my love to you and your listeners, my friend. And, uh, and nothing but love, but love, but love, but love, but love, but love.